They tried to stop my shine, but I said, hold up. Y'all know how many hoes done tried to hold this hoe up. Talk to music. I said, act like you know. It's Craig's MTV VMA after show. I said, ready, set, go. Oh, oh. It's Craig's MTV VMA after show. What's up, y'all? How you doing today? Hey, hey, hey. How y'all doing? Welcome to a special MTV VMA post-show edition of Craig's Pop Life, a black gay podcast. I'm your host, Craig Seymour. You know me. I've been writing about music for more than 20 years now. You can catch much of my stuff on rnbeing.com. I'm the, also the author of three books, uh, Luther, The Life and Longing of Luther Vandross, The Biography of the R&B God, um, my memoir about being a grad school stripper hoe, All I Could Bear, My Life in the Strip Clubs of Gay Washington, D.C., and my novel, Who's Your Daddy, about three black gay men looking for love, and forthcoming special, The Life and Art of Janet Jackson, um, who had a special message for tonight's um, VMA Vanguard winner, Missy Elliott, which I will post on my website because I only showed a few seconds of it on the um on the show. So anyway, um, what's up? I hope y'all made it through this show because it was a fucking mess in my personal opinion. I can't even go through all the wrong ass shit that happened because it would take the whole damn show and I want to talk about other things. You know, what you focus on expands. I don't want to focus on the nonsense so much. I mean, there's some things I need to speak on, but you know, and, um, but I just thought it was wrong, even just starting from the, well, I'm not even going to get into Taylor Swift performance, because I think, like I said, like, I don't want to see the mess, but I do think that, you know, there are some, we have to always keep in mind that there's somebody, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, or something in some small town that's watching that, and that's empowering them, and that's what's important. I can sit through, you know. A couple of minutes of the mess in order for that to reach that person so I could whatever I'm not going to criticize even though somebody said like it was like Taylor had watched one episode of Pose and all of a sudden she felt like she was a house mother and was walking around with all these queens you know whatever I'm not gonna get into it because I do think that it helps somebody that you know out there that probably needs help more than I need to not be irritated. You know what I'm saying? But I just thought that host, I don't know what was going on. He was like a walking Italian from Jersey stereotype, even though he wasn't even from Jersey. And like, are we making folks about, you know, like mental health and people that have gone through trauma and stuff being triggered? Are we we doing that in 2019? So I thought that was bad. I mean, there have been several years that they have not had hosts. That things things have worked out just fine. Mary J. Blige voice. So, you know, that was just a mess. I really do hope that they comment on it. Somebody from the network comments on why the fuck they chose him and why he was there and what he had to do with music and whomever. Because that was just really, really wrong in a way that I feel needs some explaining. Um, 
But overall, you know, I thought just even more than just that was really out of touch and particularly out of touch with its young audience because, like, they wasn't seeing Green Mile or whatever he was in or whatever. You know, I didn't know who he was. People, you know, 30 years younger than me didn't know who he was. It was just ridiculous. But I think this year, to me, really, really proved that the VMAs increasing irrelevance to the larger pop culture landscape. Because, you know, we've gone through this period, of course, where MTV, you know, doesn't play music videos, really. So, if at all, it's just ridiculousness all day and all night. So, but the VMAs still carried some cachet just because they were still the only real um, awards that just focused on videos, which still remain currency. You know, people be watching on Vivo and stuff. I still watch videos online. So, I mean, there's, the music video has not gone away. And But the music... But I think what has gone away is the sense of, you know, I think just like the compartmentalization of all pop culture. I think, like, I watch the music videos of songs I already like, of artists I already like. There's no place where you can just... MTV was so great, um... In its heyday, it would even like BET and VH1 and just whatever. And this, you sit back and you see some stuff you like, but you're also introduced to some new stuff. And by repetition, stuff plays so much that you kind of open yourself to it and everything like that. And that's kind of, I feel like, completely gone. Um, but I remember back in my day when I was, you know, um, routinely talking to managers and publicists and stuff um, when I was still very much um, in, in music journalism. I mean, they would tell me that an artist's whole ass yearly schedule would be arranged around them keeping late August and early September open so that they could be available to perform or receive awards or just fucking attend the VMAs because it gets a lot of press, you know, and that it gets people out there. But them days have changed. Artists nowadays do not give a fuck because two of the biggest acts of the year, I think Ariana Grande, I think she won the most awards for her stuff. But anyway, she was named Artist of the Year. And Billie Eilish, who won Best New Artist, they didn't care to show. And it wasn't even a thing. It was like, you know, I don't know where Ari was because she just was a note like, I'm not feeling y'all or whatever. But um, Billie was on tour in Russia. She was like, I am not going to give up this good international concert coin to show up to this nonsense. You know, I'll make a couple of acceptance videos on my iPhone and keep it the fuck moving. So I just felt like, and she's the very type of artist. If She's very much of this new generation of artists. There's really a good New Yorker profile on her of being kind of like one of the first um, of the post 9-11 generation um, to emerge as a you know artistic force, and I just feel like okay, it's one thing even for Ariana not to do it because she's been so in the game for so long and everything like that. But if like Billy's not doing it, then that really shows me that the kids do not care about it. And um, like I said, it's just comp- going on a road, a, a further road to irrelevance. Um, and like I said, I don't want to be hating for the whole show, which I could be, but I don't want to be. Because um, like I said, what you focus on expands. But um, given that I've talked about this particular artist before on this podcast several times, I feel the need to address this. Okay. 
my boy Sean Mendez, who y'all know I stand for and have talked about on he is on the verge of losing me as a fan. I mean, he's still adorable, don't get me wrong. Y'all saw even Queen Latifah was up there out her seat clapping and singing along to him. I see you, Queen. You know, same. But um, you know, first I'm not crazy about this new song, If I Can't Have You. To me, it's not as catchy as his best pop stuff, like there's nothing holding me back. And it also doesn't have that R&B vibe of some of his um, more recent stuff, like Lost in Japan or Where Were You in the Morning. I still play the k mix of that to this day. But like I said, I'm just not feeling that new cut. But of course, and of course, and of course, not but of course, but and of course, for obvious reasons, I preferred last year's VMA performance of In My Blood, where he ended up soaking wet, hair dripping in this see-through sleeveless shirt. That was, that was a, a mood, okay? So I watched this year's performance like whatever, you know, whatever. Just a, you know, sometimes you just have to get through people's singles to get through better stuff. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. I can just endure this particular three minutes and whatever i'm still a fan but when he came back to do that song senorita with his supposed girlfriend um camilla cabello that's when i really got tight because like i've been spending the last few months kind of just pretending that that song didn't exist because i don't like camilla just on gp just because of how she did normani back in the fifth harmony days and of course i'm team normani all day all night in the afternoon whatever so um you know i just didn't like that just the little things you'd be reading about what she did little shades and stuff she was throwing in fifth harmony and before she left and just whatever i'm just not feeling her just from that whole situation um but also, like, that song, like, that just seems like some white people shit to me, even though Camilla's involved. Like, are Latinas really running around telling their white boyfriends, I love it when you call me senorita? Like, is that a thing? I mean, you know, I don't want to speak for people and stuff that's not me, so I stay in my lane. But, I, I mean, it, like, to me, unless that's something I don't know about, like, I, like if that's, that's some shit people acclaim, that sounds like some white fetish bullshit to me. You know, and I mean, I know the Obamas like the song. It's number 17 on their summer playlist. And all due respect to Barack and Michelle. But I'm just not feeling it. Um, so we get this little couples performance on the VMAs. And I was like cringing the whole time. I mean, it just was like, like, I didn't, they're supposed to be a real couple. So you're supposed to be feeling some kind of, you know, electricity just between the two, just on that. But even above that, I mean, there's tons of people that do wet and not um, really involved with each other, but manage to, you know, um, you know, conjure up some heat, rub some sticks together, and get some heat together when they're performing together. But these are like somebody on Twitter said that um, BB and CC Wine has had more chemistry. <laughs> I mean, they did not move or touch like a couple that has even done like couples yoga, much less two young people who be fucking like I'm not buying it. They just did not seem familiar to each other the way they was touching the way it just wasn't. It, no, it wasn't, you know, looking right in front of my eyes on the TV screen. And I mean, at the end, instead of like having some passionate kids, they rub noses. I mean, what kind of bullshit is that? 
whose idea of hot is rubbing noses? I mean, you rub noses with a child. You run rub noses. You may rub noses with your pet if you are so inclined to do that kind of thing. But you don't be rubbing noses with nobody. You be smashing. I mean, I. Mm -mm. I just don't buy it. And let me make it very clear that I don't think Sean is gay. So this is not one of those things where I'm like saying I don't buy this relationship because Sean is, you know, on the low gay. I don't think that. But I also do not think that he's blowing Camilla's back out because it just don't look like that's sort of the physical relationship to have. And to prove my point, I posted on my website, um, which I forgot to mention earlier, but my website, craigspoplife.com, um, I'm posting videos of two women that Sean performed with that I think he had considerable more chemistry with. Starting with SZA, they did um, Don't Go Breaking My Heart together on an Elton John tribute. And then what he did with the newly single Miley Cyrus at the Grammys, I thought that that was hot. Like, both of those situations, I got to be like... You know, they just might be fucking after this show. It might be going down after this little performance. You know what I mean? Like, you can see it. Not with this fucking senorita mess. Um, so I was I was over it. Like, I just was like, okay. Like, I didn't like, I, I, I mean, I stand for you. I've been a Shawn Mendes fan. But it's like, I don't even like your first song. So I'm trying to move past that. And then you're forcing, trying to force this little relationship down my throat, which I feel like, like, a part of it is, I guess, like, I've always thought Sean was kind of an authentic person. He comes across like that. And maybe he is fucking the girl. Maybe they are, you know, the young woman. Maybe they are in a relationship. I don't know. But I'm just saying, it didn't come across like that. And so, then the what your thoughts, what my thoughts automatically go through than that is that it's kind of like some arranged thing for the sake of selling this particular song and stuff. And... To me, that would just undermine my whole feelings about him as being this kind of authentic person and stuff. So I don't know. I don't. I'm. I'm torn about it. This is, you know, this is really something I'm grappling with in my little pop crush um, life. So um, there's that. But you know, as they say, when one door closes, another one opens. So if I lose my interest in Sean as a teen dream heartthrob. This motherfucker, A.J. Mitchell, what you know, tonight was the first time I ever heard of him, but he is waiting in the motherfucking wings. I mean, he performed his song Slow Dance on the show on a segment that was sponsored by Extra Refreshers. So initially I was suspect because I was like, why you need to be sponsored by some gum to get on the VMAs? You can't do that on your own merits. But I watched and I was like, okay, you know. He was cute, and the song was cute. So during one of the commercial breaks, I was like, well, let me see what he's serving in his little video. Let me go watch a little video for the song. And, I mean, I was like, okay, I might be down for this ride. Because, I mean, the video is really cute. It's like him, and he's hanging out with this young woman and also with this other guy. This, I guess his friend or something like that. But they running around. They... You know, shirtless playing basketball. They jumping in pools with their clothes on. They be taking their clothes off. And I mean, the homoeroticism in this motherfucking video is on 10. So again, I'll post this slow dance video um, on the website too. But you, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, so I, so like I'm saying, I, so I feel a little bit like I might be dealing with the loss of Sean. But like I said, I feel like somebody's right behind. So we good, you know. And 
moving to stuff that I did, other stuff that I did like, um, I thought Lizzo did a really good job. You know, I've been following her since 2014 when her album Lizzo Bangers was out. I saw her in concert at Subterranean in Chicago. And I really used to like this song called Be Still. But for some reason, she scrubbed the whole Lizzo Bangers era from existence. Like, it's not streaming nowhere. It's not on the YouTube. It's nothing. So I thought that was weird. But, I mean, I'm not a particular fan of this newer music. Um... But I do think she's a great performer. You know, I do like that she has a great voice and that she can also rap. Um, you know, sometimes those combine in a way that's maybe a little too poppy or a little too sing-songy for me. But nevertheless, I do like watching the positive effect that she has on people. And for that, I think that she should be applauded. So, like, you know, I'll listen to it. But I don't mind seeing it in, seeing her music and performance. And like I said, I really do feel it's kind of not well similar to the way I feel about Taylor Swift. Um, though I like Lizzo, of course, better. But I do feel like that her music really does have a positive effect in the world. That people are feeling better about themselves. That this, they, you know, it does give them encouragement. It does. Um, make them feel like they don't have to live up to certain standards in order to just get going and go for it and, go, you know, go for what they want in life and everything like that. So for that, I'm all down for it and whatever, you know. Uh, I really liked um, Lil Nas X doing Panini, you know, Black Gay Boy Joy. I appreciate it. I wish he hadn't lip synced um, per se, but I liked him dancing, you know, looking like Tron in a cyber rhythm nation. You know, I like I liked it. Um I like that he showed us we he could dance, but like I said, because he was dancing so much, obviously he had to lip sync. To me, I could have dealt with a little less dancing and maybe just like do a dance break or something like that. But whatever, that's nitpicking. I thought it was fine. I thought it showed another dimension of him. I thought it, um, you know, sort of expand. It's not. It's sort of like the polar opposite of the cowboy thing, right? Going all the way to this, this sort of outer space vibe and everything like that. So I appreciated it, you know. Um, but Janet's influence, I thought, was really strong at the VMAs because Janet's Rhythm Nation obviously was the context for, um, was the influence for Little Nas X performance. And, you know, my girl, legend in the making, Normani, I felt like when she was doing the choreo with the, with a male dancer, it, the choreo is also in the video, but like, I thought the way it was on stage, it was really giving me a lot of Janet Omar if vibes. So I felt Janet, um, you know, her influence in Normani's performance, too. And I loved Mar Normani's performance, predictably, as you would expect. And even though she didn't do the basketball but bounce from the video live on stage, I can understand, you know. Because, um, I mean, what the ball, like, bounce off her ass and goes into somebody's face in the audience and their liabilities and lawsuits and stuff like that. I get it. Um, but I was living for her little backflip into the split, into the on-your-knees twerk, you know. I, I just like the way that she does that kind of Janet group choreography thing, you know, that in unison choreography thing, but she kind of mixes that with Beyonce's raw physicality, you know, which is getting on her knees and just twisting and bending and falling and, you know, all that kind of stuff that um, I thought that Beyonce really brought into the game like that, that kind of raw, just, uh, just doing it, you know? So I, I love her and I just, so she just kind of raised the bar for what 
I think that she you knows she just continues to surprise and continues to um really push I think things forward like I think she has a real sense of herself as being somebody that is trying to develop this craft like she's not just following in the footsteps but she knows she's like also forging a path and trying to do different stuff and do exciting stuff and I, I just really appreciate where she's coming from and I appreciate what she's doing so um team Normani all the way uh, which leads me to another one of my favorite performances of the night. And I know some of y'all are tired of hearing me talk about her on this podcast. You know, but I, I just, something about that problematic Miley Cyrus that just, I just like y'all. Um, I thought she killed the performance of Slide Away. And to me, it was just that kind of, like, to me, it speaks to what I always felt about her. Like, she has the potential to be, like, a share or, like, a Dolly Parton or, like, a person that just, you know, can be down or might get out of the public interest and out of the public eye, but kind of find some new way to be interesting and some new way to come back and everything. You know, I know a lot of y'all are going to scoff at that. But, like, to me, this was just one of those moments that define a career because she's at her peak you know, people are talking mad shit about me mode right now because, you know, her husband, Liam Hemsworth, just filed for divorce against her last week, you know, and there are all these rumors, um, and the end of last week, not even the beginning of last week, we're talking about the end of last week he filed from divorce, and there are all these rumors that it was because of cheating, but she let the folks have it on Instagram. She was like, you can say I'm a twerking, pot-smoking, foul-mouthed hillbilly, hillbilly, sorry, but I am not a liar. So she's not here for y'all talking, saying that she was cheating with that, um, with Brody Jenner's ex-wife, um, I forget her name, but, um, you know, she's just not here for the cheating rumors. But back to the show, like, I just feel like in the midst of all this, all this, you know, obviously she's going, you know, this isn't just headlines. This is stuff she's going through in her personal life. Obviously, if you're separating from somebody you're married to and somebody that you've been with off and on since you were 17 and stuff, that's some shit. You know, that's some shit that would... Some people going through that shit couldn't get out of bed. And instead, she's up out here on stage looking beat, new hair, giving you legs, a little black dress singing a song about the damn relationship, um, you know, on the MTV VMA stage. So I just feel like that's the kind of stuff that really establishes a career longevity. That's the kind of thing that you remember. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember when she was in the, she was in the midst of separate, she showed up to MTV. You know, to me, that marks those people like Dolly Parton or Cher or something like that. But like I said, a lot of people scoff. I completely understand. And, um... I remain Team Miley, even while acknowledging that many of the things that she says and does are problematic as fuck, okay? And this leads me predictably to my favorite moment. Like, that's the thing about it, too, is, like, everything I liked on the show, really, was stuff that I was probably on, like, anyway, just based upon who the artist was. So it was also kind of a disappointing show in that often... When you're watching award shows, you're exposed to something new. Well, I guess I did discover that A.J. Mitchell guy. So, but of course, it's not really that much of a stretch for me to think, you know, the new cute teen pop star is, 
I'm going to like that anyway. So like I said, you know, I, I do sometimes like a surprise in an award show where you have that, um, not necessarily something as over the top as like the Ricky Martin um, moment on the Grammys or something, but just something where you're like really surprised by somebody and are interested in that person. I didn't have anything like that um, during this award show. But of course, I loved, my favorite moment was um, Missy's epic Video Vanguard Award performance. And on the one hand, I was thinking, you know, I was almost not sorry, feeling sorry for her, but just like, well, damn, you get an honor, but you also have to get up there and put on all this work and do this performance. Like, that's a lot. I'm like, I like those award shows where you can just sit back and watch other people perform for you and you can just, um, you know, don't bask in all the appreciation and stuff, but you ain't breaking a sweat. You know what I mean? But, um, I think Mary J. Blige probably at the BET Awards, she probably ended that mode of honoration to um, speak in Maryisms um, with her 19-minute tribute to her own damn self. You know, I feel like there'll be a lot of people doing that um, in the future. And I, what I loved, I loved, I thought everything about Missy's performance was dope. And also, I think part of the importance of her performance is that she was introducing her music to a lot of you know younger people than and introducing kind of not just a song here and there because they may have heard a song here and there but kind of introducing sort of like what she did in the Super Bowl introducing like um a body of work and you know the stuff still sounds up it still stands up it still sounds current I thought the recreation of the rain video with the blow-up suit, I thought that was really well done. I thought her dances were fantastic. That dude who did the jumps and the flips and the handstands to work it, thought he was exceptional. He needs to team up with Normani. Um, and I, I just really liked the song selection in the medley. I liked that they included a bit of um, Hot Boys, which I think last on the last podcast I mistakenly called Hot Girls. Um, I think I had Megan on the mind. But anyway, my favorite moment was when she did Pass That Dutch, because that just showed me how much artistic integrity she has and how much she believes in her work, because that motherfucking single was a huge flop for her. It only reached 27 on the Hot 100, but even worse, it only got to number 17 on the R&B charts. You know, it pretty much made that whole This Is Not A Test album, which like I said in the last podcast, is my one of my favorite Missy albums, but it basically made that whole project sink. You know, um, she could have very easily just tried to pretend that that did not exist, but she's up there doing the whole thing with the video and everything, and... You know, and that video is just so hot and so incredible. She does the, you know, the Michael Jackson Wiz homage. She does a bunch of, like, homages, like the Michael Jackson Wiz Scarecrow thing, which she recreated on stage. But she also gives you um, rerun from what's happening. She climbs up on the motherfucking Empire State Building and gives you King Kong. And she's even, she and her dance even break into a little river dance thing. So she's doing a lot in that video. And it's an excellent video, one of her best. And I just love how she's like not that she's not dismissing that she's owning it, and she's like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this song. I'm going to define what my artistry is, not based upon popularity, um, but I'm gonna tell you what's important, even if folks didn't get it at the time, even if folks still don't get it." 
And to me, sending that message, that is um, what makes a true artist. So I hope this makes everybody go stream This Is Not A Test because that is a fantastic um, album. It's also a special album to me. But I think the album, I, I think the album musically is just fantastic. But it's a special album to me because it's one of those albums like... Um, Jay-Z's um, The Black Album also came out around the same time. They came out when I was writing um, the Luther Vandross biography. So it was like I was listening to a lot of old music, kind of music, not just Luther's music, but music Luther um, love, like Aretha Franklin's This Girl's In Love With You, and like solo um, Valerie Simpson stuff, and just things like that. I was listening to a lot of that. But there were some current albums that came out that were listened to a lot too, and like the Black Album was one of those, and This Is Not a Test was one of those, too. So it kind of held a special place for me just because it was released during an, a special um, part of my life and an important moment in my career. So, you know, that's why it, it means something to me. But still, it's just a fantastic album, so I would recommend you stream it. And I will definitely put the past that Dutch video along with the um, other things I talk about on the Craig's Pop Life website, which is simply craigspoplife.com. Easy to remember. So I have a lot more to say about Missy, but given that it is 6.23 a.m. in the morning, I think I will save it until another time because Missy is evergreen, so I don't think I need to cram everything into this one podcast. So I'm going to leave y'all with that. But if you like this episode, please rate the podcast on iTunes. You don't have to write anything. You can just put the number of stars. And if you know anybody else who you think might like this episode, please do share it. On that note, until next time, be cool, be kind, be creative. And in the words of my fave, who probably does not give a single fuck about an MTV Video Music Award. Be your damn self. (laughs) Okay, y'all. Love y'all. See you soon. Bye.